dead. Dead. Welcome to You Are the Father, the world's number one top-rated dad advice show specifically for Bill Mackey. I am, uh, once again, your host, Reed Wilson. And I am Eddie Walsh. Yes, he is. And uh, here we are again with some wonderful dad advice. Uh, before we start, a couple things. One, I mean, this is a bit of an audible. I'm currently carrying my child, my one-month-old uh, in a carrier, bouncing. Uh, which yeah, I think I'm glad is you made the clarification good. that it's that you're carrying her in a carrier and that you are uh, not like with child because we no. we talked about how that got you in trouble, Reed. You can't. <laughs> I have had I have problems take trying to take credit for where it's due, so I'm I'm working on that. I'm working through this. Uh, I think this is just I bring it up to say one, this podcast may end prematurely because baby can start crying. Who knows? Two, and it's like uh, this is a great deal. This is the sort of stuff that you got to do. Sometimes you got to hold a baby while you're in a work meeting, which I've done, or and when you're, you know, recording a podcast specifically for one of your friends and nobody else. I mean, these are the things that yeah. happen in life they got to worry about. Uh, a couple of um, housekeeping things. Uh, one, as always, this is a podcast for Bill Mackey. It's right in the title. So if you are not, Bill, I mean, we've talked about this, but I do think it's important to just say it again that this is a, only for Bill Mackey. So, yep. Anybody who is not Bill Mackey, and again, our friend Bill Mackey, there's probably a bunch of Bill Mackeys out there, and they, they could be fathers. And, you know, this advice would probably be good for them, but it's not for them. So get the hell out of Over here. Over under how many Bill Mackeys uh, in the world are there? I would uh, say, hold on, let me set the over-under at okay. seven and a half. Is it the over or the under? Just literally seven and a half. <laughs> Well, like or you can't, because you... then you can pick seven or eight. I said the over under at seven and a half. So no, seven would be under. Meant, you meant eight like, is over. like seven. There's way more than seven and a half Bill Mackeys in the world. I, I don't know. I hit the. How is there not more than? There's got to be more than. There's more than one Reed Wilson. And my name is strange. Your name is strange. strange. We haven't talked about that enough. Let's Anyways, talk more about names and strangeness. If if the, the seven and a half Bill Mackeys in existence, I guess six and a half of them don't. The six and a half of you don't. There's one that can listen to this, but yeah, six yeah. and a half, you can't. And two, Eddie, we are a sponsored podcast. We have made money on this podcast. Um, it cost us zero dollars to start. It cost yeah. us zero dollars to run. We're and we have made, yeah, it's bootstrapped. Uh, and we've made 99 cents. We have one subscriber. Uh, this podcast brought to you by Bill Mackey. <laughs> So um, thank you, Bill Mackey. We have, I mean, I think I've crunched the numbers and that means 100% of our target market are supporting us. So you're yeah. the business guy, you're the MBA. That sounds pretty good to me. So, I mean, I'm pretty Yeah, no, I'll that. run the numbers. I'll, I think we can work on getting a greater market share of Bill's time though. It's really what we're competing for here. We're not, because we obviously don't want to grow yeah. the base of the number of Bill no, Mackey's because we we've talked, we, as we just talked about, there's, yeah. we want one out of the seven and a half that exists. And we, so we have the one, uh, and now we just are going to fight to get more and more hours right. of Bill's time and more and, so and, more, and more, more of his money. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now 99 cents is the lowest tier. No, we're happy. We're happy, Bill. Thank you. <laughs> it is the lowest tier of subscription level. I believe there's a $5 and then a $10 tier. Uh, and just to keep it in mind, I did mention this to you, Bill, but um, the 
Anchor, the platform that we're using to publish and create this, won't let us yeah. cash out until we have at least $10. So at the current rate, that'll take us around 11 months, uh, I believe, is the, the math on that. Um, so he's, uh, for Bill. he's trying to keep us on the hook to keep us doing this, yeah. to keep us giving and, him advice in the first you know, year of the ch his child's life. Yeah. Now, I will say, Bill, if you want to just, I, I know you've already shared the existence of this podcast with other people, which I did get mad at you for. I was thinking about it. You know, it's fine that other people know that this podcast exists. That's fine. As long as they're not listening. And look, you, it is fully within your power to get other people to sponsor us to yeah. help you. So I don't know if you want to like replace something on your baby registry with uh, like a link to our like donate page or whatever it is. And so like, because that's like something that you're getting, you're paying us to give you advice. So I think that might be yeah. great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I, that's a great point, Reed. I think the ownership of who listens to this podcast can't be on Bill. It has to be on when someone join, like list, starts listening to the podcast, and then when we tell them to stop, it's on them. You know, they own that. They own their own failure in that to that regard. Uh -huh. So it's on each of you individuals who first will start listening to the podcast. Again, it's only for Bill. Um, and we appreciate your sponsorship, Bill. Uh, we yeah, love you. We're going to keep doing this. Yeah, we're going to keep doing this. I'm, I mean, until you, you know, you stop paying us. I've got it. <laughs> right. If your friends Jeez. aren't paying you to give them advice, then what's the point of friendship, right? What is it's, the point? It's, we're trying to monetize friendship, monetize relationships here. friendship so far. All right. Well, having said that, yeah, all right. let's, let's kick it off with some dead advice. This episode is all about bringing your newborn home and what to expect and the different things here. Now we have a great yeah. list of um, questions from you, Bill, that you sent us. Thank you again. Uh, but there's one that, that to start, if you want to kick us off with this question, this is kind of something yeah. that we were talking about before. We wanted to, I kind of wanted to mention some stuff too. So go yeah. ahead. Here's the thing Bill. when your baby is first born, they're pretty weird. Uh, yeah. Just heads up. Like their, their head will be oddly shaped. There'll be a strange color. Uh, and there are, they literally have things on their body that they won't have later on. For example, uh, but you should not panic about these things because they are weird and yet normal. Um, for example, the umbilical cord, the thing that connects your baby to the mother until born. And then when they're born, you then do this weird ritual that our society has where you cut uh, the tie between the baby yeah, and the I mean, mother. I wouldn't, call it, I wouldn't call that weird. Why is that uh, weird? I mean, I mean, you have to like it, it is a thing that must be done, I suppose. I'm like, what did people used to do? You know, it is. I mean, I did it for all of my children. Yeah, uh, it's yeah, like to it. clarify, but it's like uh, it's just like for some it's it's some weird. It's just a I guess it's a ritual that our society does that like, I don't know. It's just like yeah, a thing like that a everyone's like, cutting. yeah, cut the umbilical like cord. A ribbon cutting. Well, I think what it is, yes. you know, you want like, hey, maybe the dad can do something. But yeah, they, right. they'll clamp. Yeah, they, they that's our marginal the contribution. Baby's born, yeah. baby's born. They'll clamp. They'll clamp two sides of it. They'll have you snip it, and then yeah, and then there'll be a little little bit, little little bit that's hanging off your baby for like a week or so. And that's the weird thing to me is like weird but normal. You have this baby, and now you have to take care of this like little uh, piece of umbilical cord that is their belly button, or that will become their belly button, basically, and it like just basically dries out and falls off on its own over time. Um, and you just have to like, it, it, 
it makes changing diapers a little bit weird at the very yeah, beginning. You gotta, you, gotta um, fold the, you gotta fold the front part of the diaper down as to yeah. not it's a pro tip. Uh, it's like pro tip. rub the like irritate, irritate, not a big deal, but. Yeah, you learn it all in the yeah. hospital. You'll figure we it out. About, uh, we can talk about you. diapers. What? I think this is a good what? episode to talk about diapers too, but I, I agree. What else do you think is that. weird but normal read? Okay, so newborns. this is something that I, I was gonna bring up. I, I should have, well, could have brought up last episode, but we're good. When your baby is first born, its first few bowel movements will be this black tar-like substance. Um, it doesn't smell, which is great. It looks disgusting, but it doesn't smell, and it's perfectly normal. I believe it's sort of the right. The baby's inside the womb and is like. It's got all you know, all sorts of stuff inside of its stomach, and I think it's just sort of flushing the rest of that stuff out. I believe, but yeah, yeah before it starts pooping, the regular poop, which uh, is like, I don't know, uh, I don't know if like bottle fed is different, but you know, my kids' babies were it's like a mustardy poop for the first until they start eating solid yeah. foods, but it's like, it's like a boy. Like the first yeah, couple of like real feed. Like grainy mustard. <laughs> yeah, very strange. Very strange. But yeah, the tar poop is weird. The tar poop yeah, is weird. So I don't. I'm trying to remember. I think they told me that in. Uh, if you remember back in episode one, which I'm sure you've committed to memory, Bill, uh, we talked about that sort of pre-hospital visit class. I believe they told me there yeah. that that would happen. So I was kind of uh, waiting, ready for it. But just in case you don't know, when your baby poops black. That's perfectly normal, uh, perfectly fine. Very strange, but yeah, it's uh, after like, I don't know, a couple of days, they'll kind of get that all out of their system and it'll be gone. So don't yeah. worry about that, Bill. All right, um, what's, go to the next question. Now these are sort of in a random order. Uh, the, these, it looks like these are some of the things that you, you you left a message for Bill, but that didn't work. So you asked, what to do during downtime with a newborn when it's not in need of attention? Eddie, I don't know. What do you What do you do there? I think uh, you fold the you put the baby in a carrier and you make a podcast. It's probably what you do. Um, yeah, that's what I'm literally what I'm doing. That's right what I'm right right literally doing right now. But I think I don't know. Like this is also changes with number of children. I think like first kid, it was much more like we would put our son down. And then we would kind of like stare at them a little bit. Like you just be like, like, especially when you first get them, you're like, all right, cool. Do I need to like, so I just watch you now? Like, how does this work? And then yeah. like, at least for the first couple of days. Uh, and then you realize like, oh, I don't need to stare at this baby breathing. Like they're fine. Um, and then I don't know, like you just kind of like uh, binge TV shows and like, oh yeah. Uh, in enjoy the time you have off from work, depending on how much you get or what you can get. Um, and I think, yeah, like the, when the baby like stared a little bit, uh, you know, I'll say this now and this like kind of goes into the next phase too, but like my, uh, assessment of babies is I don't really think that they're that fun until they're like a year and a half. Oh, That's my like dad assessment, subjective assessment of like babies aren't I mean, it's fun until they're like a year and a half. They're adorable. They're amazing. I yeah. love like my kids. All that fun stuff. But they're, the adjective I would choose is not fun. You know, they're not fun. Yeah. yeah, I would agree with you. I would say they're fun to hold and it's fun to be like, hey, check out my adorable baby. Isn't she cute? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. That's fun. And you know, when she smiles, like Eloise starts smiling. And so that's great. That's fun. But yeah, it's tough. I mean, there's no, it's not like meant to be fun. It's meant to be, yeah. let's no, get through this. Let's learn how to raise a kid and 
you know, yeah. the game and all that stuff. And that's fine. I, I think that's yeah. Agree. Yeah. I think the, for me though, the baby, like baby adjacent things are fun. Like hanging out with other people showing off your baby. The baby yeah. itself is not like a ball of fun. Like my youngest one is now a year and a half. She's fun because she can like talk to us. She can be like, like Emily go upstairs, like Emily go downstairs. And then she can like tell me and she like walk around and if she falls over, she can stand up on her own, you know? And so like that, the much more independent, much more like you can actually interact with them and have fun. So uh, heads up, Bill, the newborn that you bring home from the hospital, they're not exactly going to be like a ball of fun. You're going to love them. Like, and they're going to be adorable and amazing and all those wonderful things. Um, But to answer the question directly, what to do in downtime when baby doesn't need attention, I think like whatever you want to do, you know, like it's a good time to binge TV shows with your wife. It's a good time to like, uh, I don't know. What else did you do, Reed? Yeah, I think in general, what I would say is, you should it's important to take care of yourself true too, true because you're going to get so caught up in like what can i do for the baby which is obviously what you should be doing you know and so there will be yep. stuff to do like you got to do dishes or laundry or cook some food but like you know sometimes it's just like i'm just gonna go sit because if you're not taking care of yourself you're gonna run yourself ragged and like if you're not feeling good you're not gonna take good care of your kids that's just and not like on purpose but it's just like you're tired you're just, you know, or you, you get, you get sick or, you know, you drive yourself nuts and you don't like take care of yourself, then you're not going to take good care of your kids. So, you know, take a seat, watch some TV shows, Mm -hmm. you know, go for a walk, do something, obviously, you know, don't uh, both leave the house with your child inside the house. Like, you know, maybe one person go on a walk. I'm, you know, working out, uh, just, you know, just, just do some stuff and you're totally right. It's different with the other kid. When you have one kid, he's cool. You can just like chill and do whatever. When you have two, it's like, you know, maybe go hang with the other kid or, or whatever it is, but, um, yeah, just take care of yourself. Um, that reminds me, uh, when we had our first kid, I mostly did it, uh, maybe 50, 50 tongue in cheek with Kristen about like her, cause you talked about not both leaving the house at the same time to like go for a walk, um, which again, strongly recommend, like just getting out of the house is super important when you have a kid. Cause like, you'll realize like, oh, I've been inside all day today and yesterday. Like I probably need to go outside and like go do something. Um, that would, and that's like good for your sanity. I think the other thing is uh, I would be like, like Chris is like, hey, I'm gonna go to the store to like go buy groceries or whatever. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm probably just gonna go for like a run or whatever. And she's like, uh, no, you're not. And I was like, well, uh, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you can't leave the house with no. It's like, well, like, how far can I go? <laughs> and like, we played this game of like, yeah. you know, I was like, is it okay for? She's like, you can't even leave like the same floor as him or whatever. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, that's clearly not. That's that's absurd. Like, I can t- really take, take I can take one right step now. away from him, but I cannot take a thousand steps away from him. So like, yeah. how many steps away from him can I take? And I was like, can I go check the mail? She's like, well, yeah, you can go get the mail. I was like, okay, well, what if I just run back and forth to the mailbox a bunch of times? So we played this funny game of like, how much can I leave my baby alone? And uh, Kristen really yeah. loved that one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's fun to make, it's fun to really do stuff like that with your wife. That will be great for you to do, Bill. That's a good piece of advice for you right there. Yeah. Um, your other question here on that message was how much d d is too much d d with a newborn? I don't know, good question. Um, I'm really looking forward to getting back to playing. Bill, I'm looking forward to your little uh, quest game that I really need to find, figure out when I can get back to that. But I don't know, that it, it, the problem there is that, and we can, there's a question down here, maybe we'll jump to next actually is, yeah. 
like your not schedule your routine it really has to do with like your baby's running the show at this point mainly because at, at the start like your kid needs to eat every two to three hours um depending on like depending on how much they eat and how they grow but i think you know as far as schedules go it's just like <laughs> it's gonna take a little bit to get figured out when you can do things um Luckily, I mean, we're, we're starting to have a schedule with Eloise here. She's kind of doing the same stuff at night, kind of doing the same stuff throughout the day. But it's just, yeah, don't expect your life to be scheduled. Expect it to, you got to just like do what you got to do um, what? for a little bit. To that point, with, because I don't know, I'm, I fully am the follower in these decisions about like what schedule baby gets on and all that stuff. But we always ended up, and so for clarity, my kids were all bottle fed. Um, my Kristen started breastfeeding with Noah and with May. It didn't work out. Um, uh, she could go into more detail about that, I'm sure. Um, but we ended up uh, bottle feeding, and it worked great. Uh, kids are fine. Uh, and we ended up getting on, we always kind of worked towards getting something close to like a for the nighttime schedule anyway, it was like 10, two, and then six. So like they could get to a period where they're going like four hours between feedings. Yeah. Um, I don't remember when, I have no recollection of like if that occurred at one week or if that occurred at two months, I don't remember, but we always kind of work towards getting to that is what I remember. I don't know if you ever kind of, if your kids ever got to a schedule or if you guys were fully like, yeah, so kid reactive and I don't know if they're bottled versus breastfed. We're, no, uh, both my kids, are well Emmett was breastfed and Ellie's being breastfed but so what happens is like at the start when your baby's first born basically like you just want to feed it as often as you can essentially um just because they want it to grow 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 gain weight gain weight gain weight it's gonna yep. the baby's gonna after lose weight gains. after it's born yep. uh, because yep. it's no longer being like shoveled through to the umbilical cord so it's just like eat, eat 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 until it gets to a certain weight i can't i think it's like once it gets to and this is probably different with every baby i'm not really sure but once eloise got back to her birth weight we like the doctor said like just feed her when she's hungry so you yeah. don't have to like specifically get on a schedule though. What we've been trying to do is feed her every like two hours, like on purpose during the day, which would then lead to once we get to the night, she's like pretty well fed so that like she can sleep and um, as long as she wants. And that's what the doctor said. Like, yeah, just feed her, you know, yeah. feed her two to three hours in the day. And then once she gets to the night, you can just put her to sleep and like not worry about it. And let start, it go, we yeah. were like, we were setting a timer every two hours, like where it was waking us up. Then we were waking her up and feeding her. Um, that's just, again, until she gets big enough. And then as she continues to eat and grow, like naturally over time, the baby will just not have to, they'll eat more in a sitting, I believe. Yeah. And then the time in between feedings will extend. It will go to like four hours and six hours. And then to the point where, you know, it's maybe eating once a night, whatever, and then it sleeps through the night, right? Um, you know, I think Emmett slept through the night for the first time at uh, four months, I think. Uh, but, you know, we can get to that a little later. 
But one question I was going to ask you, Eddie, is what was like the nighttime routine for you when the baby was waking up and and needed yes. to feed your babies? Uh, flashing back, flashing back. Let's see, nighttime routine. Um, what was different is since the kids were bottle fed, like it was fully, um, like the way it would work is, I'm like remembering now, we would like get the kids already for bed, lay the kids down, whatever it is. And then Kristen and I, depending upon what, which kid it was, basically like I would take anything before midnight and she would take anything after midnight. So like each of us could get at least like a certain number of hours uninterrupted if we could. And so like if kid woke up before midnight or 1am or whatever, like I would get up, you know, soothe the kid, give him a bottle, whatever it was. And Kristen could just let, like sleep. And then if it was after midnight, then Kristen would take it. Cause like at, for each of these ones, at least for the first two, I was still in the Marines. And so I'd like have to go into work at like 6am or whatever. Um, so I was trying to get like at least six hours of, of sleep. And so that was kind of the deal with the first one. So nighttime routine, are you talking more like what I was just talking about, like in the middle of the night or like getting ready for bed? Night. Yeah, cool. I admit it so in the middle like, of the night. I think it's like, I always thought of it as like, there was only a few things that would cause the kid to wake up. It's like they either have uh, uh, a dirty diaper, like pee or poop, they, or they have some sort of gas that needs to burp or fart out, or they're hungry. Is like I'm over to me, those are like the three things that are gonna cause the baby to wake up. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, cool. My default, and like Kristen would always get annoyed because she thought it would wake the babies up more. I always was like, I'm just changing this diaper straight away. Even if it's like not that wet, my first thing was always like I would get up, I would change the diaper to be like, check that one off, done. And then I would like burp the kid. If, if I knew I should be feeding them, then I would feed them. Like if it was like, oh, you've gone four hours without eating, you're definitely hungry. Let me feed you. Then I would feed it and then I would burp it. If it was like, hey, you just ate 30 minutes ago, I would get up and be like, you're probably not hungry, kid. Let me change your diaper and then just like burp you to try to like get you to mm-hmm. move the gas bubbles that are inside of your tiny little body around to get you to go back to sleep. Um, and like, and I would walk around and just like burp the, or hold the baby for a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I was always a, someone who could like, I wasn't afraid of like letting them settle themselves down. Like I wouldn't wait until they were fully like knocked out dead asleep on me before I would lay them back down. Cause I was trying to, I always, pushed like I think that they can fall asleep on their own and that kind of worked out with our kids what was your kind of nighttime routine like so I think so mine mine is different because Emily uh, yeah totally. breastfeed Emmett and so and I, I want to say Bill I think this is a guess but Brandon had sent you like one of those like baby formula Keurig things and I think Bill said oh that's gonna <laughs> be great so my guess is that your plan is to bottle feed so maybe this isn't that's important. But yeah, since I cannot feed the kid at this point, um, you know, my job is, uh, so with Emmett, he would cry. Now Emmett was, this is like a, probably a whole nother, <laughs> this is a very long conversation, but Emmett was tough, very tough. He did not like being a kid, a baby. I'm talking crying at all times and not just like normal crying. I'm talking screaming at the top of his lungs, face going red, crying so loudly and so forcefully that he would stop breathing. So anyways, don't need to get into that. But with Emmett, he would start, he would wake up, I would get him, I would change him immediately. And then he would feed a little bit. 
and then he would normally like poop. And now this, this, this leads me into like a sort of tangential point about routines is while it's good to get into a routine, you, I would recommend that you just at all times be thinking, what could we be doing differently? Because for me, at least with Emmett, we would get locked into a routine. Like maybe this one thing we did would help him go to sleep one time, maybe twice or three times. And then like babies change all the time. Like with Eloise, she was fine in her her car seats. She would fall asleep almost instantly in car seats. And but recently, she's not. She's just crying. Right? Babies change. So when you like find something that works, works, you know, like they like yeah, learn like and adapt over time. It's wild. So <laughs> when they when when you find something that works, great, keep doing that. But if it just just always be assessing, like, hey, is this still working? Like. Oh, I've been doing this, you know, I've been bouncing my baby on a, we have a, we have like a big exercise ball that sometimes we'll sit on to make it easier to bounce. Like, is this working still? And if it's not, then don't do it anymore. Go look for something else. I know it's tough because you're like, well, this worked, you know, last week, I'm just going to keep doing this because it's going to work. So don't get locked in. Like that was a problem. That was an issue I had with Emily had with the first, with our first, with Emmett, just always be assessing. Okay. And and don't worry, it's like, this doesn't work anymore. Let's do something different. And it's easy to get discouraged, but it's just going to happen. But yeah, well, so, you know, I would get up, change him, he would poop, change him again. And then he would eat more. And then, and then he would go to sleep sometimes. And so this time with Eloise, I was I told Emily, I was like, we're not doing this again. So now when Eloise wakes yeah. up, Emily gets her, starts to feed her. Uh, and then when she changes sides, she'll hand her to me to change her. Um, because Eloise doesn't like, even if it's just a wet diaper, she doesn't like it. So yeah. I, you know, sometimes after I change her, she'll still poop. But most of the time when she's pooping, it's like mid feeding. So I'm at least like eliminating that chance a little bit of like having to change her diaper twice which is just like the worst because I just change her and then you give her to the mom and you lie down and you try to go back to sleep and then you're, you're and you just want to die. Um, we, quick tip about that, Bill, diaper changing is, um, first of all, you asked how many diapers did you go through? Uh, it's a lot. You're going to have to buy a lot. That's okay. Uh, is when you're changing a diaper, the first thing you should do, get a new diaper and slide it under the baby. Like get it in position where it is like underneath your kid, which will save you instead of like taking the diaper out and then getting a new one and putting it under your kid, because it's going to save you for every time that they just go to the bathroom when you have the diaper off, which is going to be a lot. And since you're having a boy, you're going to get peed on a lot. And that's going to happen. He's going to one time, one time Emmett peed straight up over his own head into a potted plant, uh, which is pretty funny. But that's gonna happen, that's okay. Not Anyways, even that, but, but, I'm impressed. Yeah, I laughed at that. I mean, I got peed on. Uh, I haven't been peed you on get peed from on. Eloise. You get peed but, on, those uh, kids. Yeah, so on. slide the, slide the diaper underneath, pull, pull the old diaper off, and then that new diaper is right there, which it, one, put, you put on right away, and two, to catch any sort of, catch any strays, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, on yeah, that was, I mean, our, all right. I mean, yeah, it's my routine. Yeah, go ahead. So on, do you have like a changing area, like a changing yeah. table 
Do you have, do you have like the special changing table or do you just have like a changing pad? What's your setup like? We, so we, uh, well, we have like a nice changing pad in her room. Uh, actually, no, never mind. Yes, we have a changing station in our room right now. It's just, it's literally just on a fold out table, like a mm -hmm. whatever plastic fold out table because it's temporary. Yeah. Um, because the baby, this is a question he asked later. Yes. I believe like it's heavily, heavily recommended that you have the baby in your room for the first couple months for a bunch of different reasons. So yes, baby's in a room, not in her bed, which is something that I think people still do, which is also dangerous, like super yeah. dangerous. You, um, roll you, can, yeah. you can roll over or the baby can get caught underneath something and like suffocate. So yeah, we have a bassinet that's on wheels. Um, so that she's in. So yeah, we have like a changing station in our room. It's just, you know, some wipes, changing pad, diapers like that. Yeah. The changing pad is something that I, before having kids, never thought was like, didn't even know about, but it's basically like a, uh, like our, it's like a semicircle, you know, or a very shallow uh, curve that's like padded that you put the baby on so that they just don't roll off either side. That, yeah. I, I would say having, if your house is like two floors or whatever, having two of those is like worth the purchase for us. Like oh, we yeah. had one that was like in like a living or like more common area that we were like in most of the day. And then one, like wherever the baby's sleeping, like in your room. And then when they move to their own room, like in their room, that to me is like important stuff to have, like the changing pad, because it's so much like, you don't just want to be putting your baby down on like to Reed's point, they're going to pee or poop like where you put them down sometimes. And if you don't have that diaper yeah. under them or it's projectile or whatever, like you definitely got to have like a layer between wherever they are. Yeah. So you can just rinse that thing off. So we, yeah, we have, yeah. Good point about the two floors. We have two. One yeah. right now is in our room. And the second one is now, which will, which will eventually become like, it's going to move to eventually like her room and downstairs, but right now it's our room and then downstairs just in our laundry room on top of our washer. That's just the, it's like the washer is the perfect height for it. Yes. And it doesn't take up room anywhere. And so yeah. we just go in there and everything's in there and it's yeah. fine. And um, with our, with our first kid, we literally just had it on our kitchen table most of the day because like yeah. it wasn't like a huge house, like yeah. in our, and I was the second floor and there wasn't a good other spot to put it. And so it was literally like, or we had like, you know, bar stools that we would like store it on. But when we come to change the diaper, like we were only there again for like three or four weeks with Noah. And so we're like, I guess I'm just putting this on the kitchen table. And so yeah. it worked out, it's, but like, you, 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 gotta gotta you get what you get. Yeah. yeah. You're going to change a lot of diapers, but honestly, it's not as bad. I didn't, it's okay, like, bad. whatever you just get, so, you get so fast with it. It's like instant. Boom. I, you know, um, and, the, the most annoying part is like when the baby is like, it's like the diaper size is like they're getting like yeah. too big for the baby because you really need to another diaper tip you got to like really be careful one thing that we've always found is like you got to make sure that it's fit right and sort of the back is far enough up, up the back of the diaper is far enough up on the baby's back sort of capture any sort of uh blowouts yeah. there um, anyways, yeah. like when the when the when the diapers are getting like kind of small it can get super frustrating to like get it in position but then it's mm -hmm. like the baby's also too small to go up a size because then it's just like this giant diaper but um that's like a weird, like that, i was really happy that yeah. we just we switched from newborns to size one recently within the last week and i was 
really happy, you know, happy. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is great. You know, that's the kind of life that I'm living now that I'm excited about that. But uh, no, I, I get it. it. Yeah. Bill, you're yeah. about to be there too. You're about to be excited yeah. about diapers too. The, uh-huh. uh, I think some of your other questions here regarding diapers is like, how many diapers did you go through? The answer is a lot. I don't know the number, but it's like, I mean, hundreds, I don't know, like thousands yeah. over the course of a baby's life. But like, I would say like maybe I'm making up a number here. Like when they're really young, you change them. I felt like I changed it more frequently. Like when they're like a baby, I don't remember how, like how many times do you think you change a diaper a day, Reed? Like now with like a newish baby. How many times do we need to change that? I mean, I'm not changing all of them, but. Yeah. 20? No, that's too much. 10 to 15, maybe, depending on. Yeah, I think like every yeah. like every two hours. Every feeding, you know? yeah. So and then 12. there's a, over the course of the night, you're not changing them, obviously, most of the time while they're sleeping. But like, I think yeah. every two hours is like, a rough number if you're like trying to make sure that your house has enough diapers to start but also yeah. it's going to vary depending on how big your baby is if you have like a, a huge baby then <laughs> you can probably just honestly jump straight to size ones so my recommendation is also like don't stock up like 300 newborn diapers because some babies grow out of those super quick i don't know what you yeah. think about that read but like yeah, oldest, he was a big baby and like the newborns lasted for like a week yeah, or two weeks tiny. They're tiny. Yeah, we, I don't know. Yeah, but then you're in size yeah. one for a, for a while. We, ju- we just we just went up to size one. Yeah, quick tip. Uh, I get my diaper. We get our diapers at Costco. We like the Costco Kirkland brand diapers. Nice. Um, they're pretty decent, uh, pretty decent price. And they come in like huge packages, big boxes. Yeah. You, you need uh, the big boxes. Don't ever buy diapers yeah. in like single packs because they're way overpriced. Just buy yeah, the massive boxes from like BJ's that. or Costco. I've definitely made that early morning, you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. trip to the grocery store to just get diapers, uh, yeah. which is like kind of, which is kind of, honestly, it was kind of fun because it was, you know, here we are. This is like real. This is a, such a dad thing to do, which Very is dad. kind of a, kind of yeah. a fun thing. Uh, one other thing here is, did you both use disposable? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We, I don't know about you guys, but we, I wouldn't say we kind of looked into it um, just knowing, wow, diapers are going to cost us so much money over so much time. And then there was a girl that we had that we knew who had two kids and she had used disposable diapers. And I want to now say maybe Emily's sister had been using them at some point. Uh, so we looked into it, but we got as far as thinking, oh, we have to clean these how do we we got to put these in with the rest of our laundry uh we got through that far and we went no we'll just use disposable yeah i don't know not something i was interested in i think it's something like my mom was really interested in it and she was like willing to like i don't know talk to it i don't know i like my i think my mom like with some of me and my brothers may have used like reusable diapers it was just not something i was interested in at all um thanks and so yeah just the thought of like you get the poop and then you can't just throw it away. You know, we already talked about how can't be having that poop smell inside this house. Got to be throwing it in bags, tossing it out. Anyway, that was yeah. uh, disposable. Yeah, we did disposable. We do the Pampers. We did swaddlers at first, but those are overpriced a little bit. And they're basically the exact same as like the Pampers Baby Dry. And those work awesome. So those are like the brand that we end up using. Yeah, you're going to um, try some out. You'll, you'll find ones that you like. Yeah, I try a couple different ones. I, the overpriced ones are, are rarely worth it. But you'll find out, like, what we saw is, like, if we went with ones that were, like, super, super cheap, 
like because we were in a pinch or like someone gave them to gifted us to them we'd still use them because you know we have the diapers at that point but it, they you, they'd end up leaking and so like the kids clothes would end up like getting pee in it or if like you didn't line up the diaper quite right the kid would uh pee through it yeah okay it's a bit of an art you'll get used to it i found that the, yeah. i i picked i picked it right back up on baby number two kind of remembered it all and it's super easy that's super yeah. easy. Well, yeah, I would call it, probably call it super easy. Depends. And uh, as we wrap yeah, up the diaper ahead. segment here, which is what this is called, the diaper segment is, uh -huh. diaper I, I think, I don't know about you, Reed, but like diaper changing is something where you already mentioned, like, it's not something that's like that bad. You get used to it. Like I would lean in on like just changing diapers. Like if, you know, as a dad, there are like certain oh, yeah. things you can and can't do for me. I'm like, Hey, give me the diapers. I got them. You know what I mean? Like I never, and I would, you know, like, does it stink sometimes having to change a poopy diaper? Haha, <laughs> pun intended. Yes. But I think just, you know, and that's, that's somewhere where I was very happy to like help out as much as possible and volunteer to change every diaper that I could, you know? This, this is, this is not advice, but this is, what is your worst poop story? Worst poop story. Not for you. Um, kids. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Cool. With that context, that changes it. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, that really, that really whittles it down. It changes my yeah. answer. Got it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking right now. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Do you have one off the top of your head, Reed? Like uh, worst poop I story? Do, I do. This was. We were. Um, we were in the process of selling our first house to then buy the house that we're in now. And we, you know, when that is like the, you got, you got to get everything super spick and span, nice and clean. And, um, I believe late, you know, it was probably afternoon and we were going to be leaving later, probably in about an hour, uh, to get out the house. Cause our, someone was coming, coming to look at the house and I was home alone. It was father's day. I was home. Well, I wasn't home alone. I was home with Emmett. Emmett was napping. He was napping at the time in his own room. And uh, I think he could actually stand up. I think he, I can't. Well, he must have been. Yeah, I think he was probably around two years old. And uh, not to jump ahead in our timeline here. And uh, yeah. I go in to get him from his uh, nap because he had woken up. And I came into a just an absolute disaster zone. He had pooped during nap time. He had reached into his diaper, pulled the poop out. Uh, he had smeared it all over his crib and he had eaten it. Uh, so I went into panic, pulled him out, had to clean them all up. He had poop on his mouth. Now, here's a, this is a tip though. It's actually okay if they eat their own poop. According to my doctor. That's what, that's we, what Google we, told you, yeah. <laughs> we, no, we frantically called the doctor because we were worried that he was going to get sick or something. And the doctor said, yeah, since it's his own, and he didn't eat a ton as far as we could tell, she said, the doctor said, it's not because it came from him. It's yeah, right. It's not, it's bacteria fine. straight back into his own gut. Yeah. Yeah. His well, own bacteria. Hey, this is what the, I did not Google this. We called the doctor like sane people. Your logic uh, is sound. Said, the doctor's said, logic is sound. The real problem is if if the kid eats like dog poop or something or yeah. animal poop. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was <laughs> so it was Father's Day. We had to clean everything. There was just poop everywhere. It was pretty terrible. But that's not. Nice. Oh, I guess that was some advice. So if your kid eats poop, you know, definitely still call the doctor. But 
I'll probably be fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't totally panic and dump bleach in their mouth. That's yeah, a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, have yeah. A, I don't have a poop story that comes straight to mind. One that's like more recent is um, so like we still have like a travel potty in the uh, yeah. in the car for my daughter who's like four. Um, but my six year old the other day, like we were out somewhere and he's like, oh, I gotta go to the bathroom, Dad. I was like, okay, cool. So he sits down and goes, like, I think he's going pee in the body. And he just drops <laughs> a big deuce in the he's like, uh oh, dad. <laughs> like, well, I smell it. And I'm like, what what is going on back there, Noah? And he goes, uh, I had to I had to go number two. I was like, oh, dude, like funny. you are six years old. You gotta hold this thing, bro. Yeah, um, pretty uh, that's funny. Amazing. That'd yeah, be, we have a, we have a, we have a, that same thing too. Thanks from IKEA. Uh, and we were, well, once we were coming. Well, what, what's great when you have a four-year-old because if he's got to pee, like one time he had to pee when we were close to home, but we were too far away. We just pulled over and like got behind this building that had some woods behind it, and he just peed into the woods, uh, which is yeah. awesome. But one time I, he Emmett had to pee, and we pulled into a Walgreens parking lot and uh, tried to get him to go into the to the woods, but he said, no, 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 I want to use the potty in this potty. So we're in Emily's car. She's a SUV, opened the back, set him down in the potty. We did normally what we do is we have, uh, I think I, I can't remember. I, we put like grocery bags in there, like plastic grocery bags that sort of to catch it. Anyways, long story short, he pees in the grocery bag. And then when he gets, when I try to lift him out, it like gets stuck to his leg and the whole thing tipped forward and just dump pee all over pee. Emily's car, over. Love I, it. I, I got splashed, but not drenched. He, his, his legs got drenched, pee everywhere. Uh, <laughs> like a, um, so, you know, that was a disaster. And then probably a week later, we drove by that same Walgreens and Emmett's like, hey, is that where my pee was? is it still there is it dried up it's probably dried up but okay so yes. anyways that was um that was our th that was an advice but that's a little, little anecdotes for you bill uh all right let's let's get through some of these things how this was yeah. one how arduous was the process for adding your newborn to your insurance mine was easy because i just got Super a message easy. from i got a message from my hr rep because i had contacted her or they knew I was out um, for paternity leave. And I, the reason it was so easy is because she was, this HR rep was leaving. She, was, she got a new job, but she was, she said, oh, I'm going to be gone before you get back. I want to make sure I can help you with this. So she just added it for me. It was super easy. I don't know if that was easy for you, but. Yeah, uh, we've changed insurance a couple of times. It's like not that bad. It like, and you have like a grace period of like, it's not like you have to call as the baby's coming out to like, to add the insurance. You yes. have like 30 days or whatever. Exactly. And so uh, it's yeah, just important it's, that like you keep it on your to-do list and just knock it out, you know? Yeah. The, you have 30 days um, for the baby, the newborn will be billed under the, um, your insurance, your wife. Who, yeah. You know, she probably is either on the, I don't know if MIT has baller insurance or not, but yes. Um, like all right. insurance. Do either of you get close to shaking your baby and realizing, oh wait, that's not a good idea? All right. So Real I time. have never gotten close to shaking, like shaking our babies, but I've definitely got it so, so frustrated that I've like bounced way too hard uh and approached like, oh, I really need to calm down. Like you're just, it's you know, three in the morning, your baby's crying, 
you're super tired. Baby won't like do anything you want it to do. And I like, you know, you bounce your baby to try to calm it down or I've done that. And it's just like, you know, you bounce a couple of times too hard. The baby's head kind of bonks into you and you're like, okay, uh, this is getting bad. This is getting bad. So yeah. yes, that has definitely happened. And I've definitely had to keep my anger in check before um, uh, to like make sure I don't make mistakes like that. Cause it's like, it's super easy to make a mistake. Well, one, it's super easy to make a mistake when you're tired and angry and just like totally at wit's end. But two, it's also your baby is pretty tough. So if you like, um, you know, yeah, uh, you know, not to say you should be, you know, obviously don't shake your baby, but like if, you know, your head, it's head, like the other day I picked Eloise up and to put her to my chest and she like whipped her head forward uh, on her own accord and she like yeah. slammed her in my collarbone. And I was like, oh God. <laughs> and she started crying yeah. and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what's happening? Uh, she was fine. So. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I think I always think in the context of like uh like babies used to be born and raised in caves. Oh, and yeah. so like they're gonna be okay, you know, like they're pretty tough in gen in general. But obviously, um to I think part of the question is like, have you ever gotten super frustrated at your baby? Like, yeah, <laughs> like for sure, you know, like you and I think it's okay to like forgive yourself for that, and it's also when your partner's in that spot, like when your wife's in that spot, mm -hmm. like just being there for them and being like, yo, like, why don't you go take baby a walk, baby. Take, a, take a, take yeah, let, like, let me, like, I got this. Like, even if, mm -hmm. you know, and it's much easier to be the person who like comes in from the side. And like, if your if your wife does that for you, like take that message, you know what I mean? Like, hey, make sure you're like in receive mode to be like, oh, yo, I'm like overreacting right now or I'm reacting appropriately. The situation just sucks. You know, like this yeah. baby's not sleeping. Like we're a team here. Like we're just going to have to like hand off here. We're going to have to go yeah. like A and B it. And, and like, just be there for your, par for your partner. Like when they're in a tough spot, like you'd be like, all right, I know this sucks. I wish I could just go to sleep right now, but like, I need to be here. Like, let me take a turn and, and do it. Cause that, those are the moments that like suck the worst is like, I don't know about you, but like middle of the night, crying baby, you're tired, you haven't slept. And it's just like, you're on like hour two of like the baby crying. And you're like, I don't know what is going on with this baby. And I just want it to go to sleep and I can't get it to go to sleep. Yeah, that happened to me last night. Eloise was crying. Well, she wasn't, she wasn't crying, which is nice. She doesn't cry a ton. I mean, she does, but it's, but yeah, she was just yeah. awake and she was just like whipping her head back and forth. And she was like, yeah, it was just driving me nuts. And I, you know, so I just had to calm down and just eventually she gets to sleep. Um, I will say another sort of funny story that that reminds me of is Emily's old boss. Uh, <laughs> when he told her the story that him and his wife had their kid. I don't know how old he was, but her boss, Michael was his name. Michael was, you know, bouncing hit their son, trying to get him to sleep, feeding him a bottle, uh, crying. And it's, it was tough. Uh, I guess he just like out of frustration, uh, like threw the bottle as hard as he could into the wall. And his wife was like, what are you doing? And I guess this guy turned to his wife and said, at least it wasn't the baby. <laughs> so like, this is the kind of stuff that you're going to be going through, Bill. It's okay. It's okay. Um, don't hug yeah, your baby. Yeah, it's like at least. Do Good point, dude. Yeah, at least it's not <laughs> yeah. the baby. Yeah. So, um, I've definitely thrown things. Oh, I've definitely funny. gotten super frustrated. You're going to get frustrated. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Good point, Eddie, uh, about, you know, you, there's going to be times like that's, there's two of you. So if one person's having a bad day, step in because when you're having a bad day, she's going to step in. So absolutely. 
Teamwork makes a dream work. Yes. Do any of your kids have flathead helmets? No, they didn't have that. Um, nope. No. So we had a good uh, friend who did. Uh, it's just like they wear it most of the time. It's like you just look at it as like this is a cute little accessory for the baby for a little bit. Um, yeah, I think get, like, I don't know the mechanics of it, but I think that you can help avoid flathead stuff by just making sure you like rotate the baby, almost like flipping. Uh, like rolling a hot dog on the grill. So you get it evenly toasted on all sides instead of, you know, burning one yeah, side. Smart, so like smart. just keep and doing tummy time and stuff like that with the baby. We're yes. really lucky in that Kristen's mom is an early intervention physical therapist. So like she literally, her patients are babies, uh, like less than one year olds who need uh, like physical therapy for any sorts of different reasons. Like they're not like developing appropriately in the hip or like they have flat heads or whatever. And she's like yeah. coaches parents. And so Kristen's mom would come to visit like when we had newborns and she would just like remind us of all the things that we're supposed to be doing. Um, and so it worked out well. Nice. Happy to refer yeah. you to a consult, Bill. She's awesome. <laughs> she's but anyway, nice. rotate the baby. Tummy time is good. Yeah. Uh, babies hate it. Babies hate tummy time. Some do, but my babies hated tummy time. They just make yeah. them do it to get their little neck strong so they get neck control and can move their both own little heads kids, around. Both my kids had very oddly strong necks. It's very strange. Emmett could hold his head up at week two, something weird. He just was, okay. Yeah. And Eloise- Strong, strong neck control. Yeah. When they get neck control is critical. Like it's so much better. Like when you're holding a baby, you don't have to like uh -huh. cradle the head anymore. That's a big hold, hold themselves up. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. That kind of going into this, we kind of touched on this before. Did you keep your newborns in your bedroom with you? How long before yep. they get moved in their own space? Um, I believe it's, they can, they, you, you can put the baby in their own room once they can roll over themselves. Mm, yeah, um, I think that's the rule because yeah, you always you put your baby down on its back always, um, back just because it can it could it can't roll itself over and it can get to a spot where it can't breathe, um, which is terrible obviously. But once your baby knows how to roll itself over, um, pretty reliably, uh, or like just move itself enough where it can kind of you know maybe push itself up and move their head to the side, I think that's when you can. Uh, that's when it's okay yeah. to move into your own space. I mean, your doctor will, you know, you're going to be going to the doctor a ton. Maybe not you, maybe Brittany, who knows, but uh, so yeah, keep them in your room. You'll, you'll definitely want them in your room first couple of weeks as I have to be. I think that's like this. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, bit, Eddie, yes, logistics. babies, yeah. Yeah, babies survived in caves, but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> okay. you're going to need to do it. And it's just easier, yeah. I think, which is what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. The logistics of having the baby closer, like when you're getting up every couple hours, is just fewer steps. Like make it easy on you and make it easy on them. Um, you're gonna have to get up with them anyway. I think uh, we did find with our oldest kid anyway. We like kept him in our room longer than expected because we thought we were gonna be moving, and we ended up not moving from like Georgia. And so we're like, all right, cool. We're gonna be in this house longer than we thought. Let's like actually set up a room for him. So he was in our room for like the first. I think like six months until I knew I was going to be staying in the same house for like another six months. Um, Cause we're like, all right, we're moving any minute now. And we ended up not moving. So, but, and that was, I think that was too long in my opinion, because he, we were still waking up like when he would be like, like making little baby noises. We'd be like, Oh, should we, should we get him? Should we get him yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so getting him out of our room was helpful for, I think both of us in that he could make a noise and then not get bothered by us. And we could also get better sleep. I think mm -hmm. 
I have I have no recollection of how old our youngest was when we moved them. But to Reed's point, like you'll figure it out. Like I would say, you don't need to wait super long. Um, but obviously, the logistics of having them there early makes it yeah. easier. What else we got? Um, I was gonna say what one this uh, that was all the questions that Bill had, but I did want to ask. Let's, I think maybe we can end with this. Did you do? Uh, what was your sleep training like? Hmm. Sleep training meaning um, training your baby to put it, you know put itself down to sleep and sleep through the night essentially. Yeah, um, I think so. Our sleep setup was we. Um, it was like a cheap solution that we had early on, and we ended up just rolling with it because it worked for all of our kids. But we literally just had a pack and play, like and you know like a, a pack and play. Uh, it's just like the portable baby crib and they have the one that we had, had like the two levels. So like, there's one that's like higher up that like zips uh -huh. off. Um, so it's like higher up, easier to reach. You don't have to bend over all the way to pick up a baby. And so we just had the, the, all of our babies slept in that, in our room for like the first X number of, you know, weeks, months, whatever it was, or weeks. Um, and then they would move into their own crib in their own room once they got there. So first part got it, we're not like sleep training at that point, getting them into their own crib to like fall asleep. I, I like have forgotten everything, Reed. Um, <laughs> but I remember it as, as baby's come. But like the um, sleep training, I think I, I am, uh, some might say black hearted and cruel in that I can like sleep when a baby is crying. Like I, I will just keep sleeping. Wow. I'm a monster. It's military, like, I'm assuming. Yeah, I don't know what it is. It's probably just my black, dark, tar-covered heart. Um, but uh, Kristen has a harder time. Um, and so sure. what our uh, like sleep training was like, I think it was really just like getting like a like a, a whatever routine would work for that kid in that moment where it's like, all right, cool. Like do a tub, give them a bottle, burp them, and then just like get them, like read them a book, rock them a little bit so they start to like, blink long, do some long blinks, and then just like mm, lay them down and, and put on put on the white noise machine, white noise machine, lay them down, and then like get out, blackout, you know? Blackout curtains, blackout curtains. Oh, yeah, blackout curtains, dark, yeah. dark. You got it. What else, what do you got dark for sleep heart. training? So well, are you at sleep training phase yet? No, are you, no, no, yeah. no, 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 Yeah, no. I feel like that's um, at like four months, six months, I don't even remember. That I, I do need to get better at is something that you were saying is putting her down before she is asleep to try to get her i need to get her to put herself to sleep it's just it's tough because you i would rather because it's so soul crushing to get the baby yeah. to sleep and then put the baby down and then get into bed and then have her wake up <sighs> but anyways sleep training yeah. with Emmett, as discussed before he was just he just was just upset about being a baby <laughs> um <laughs> you know, and sleep training. Yeah, I'm an adult. Really let me, let me make my it, own choices. Exactly. And, you know, we would put him down and he would just scream, cry, cry, cry. And he wouldn't fall asleep. Cry, 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 cry. Um, right. You try to do, what, what is it? What did they call it when you just let the baby cry? There's a turbarizing. Turbarizing. Uh, is that like what it is? I can't remember, but there's, like there's at a certain point, Bill, where you're just going to put the baby down and you just let it cry. Cry until it's, it's, it's fine. It's not. It's like, you know, it's safe. Just, yeah, it's you know it's safe, you know they're fine. It's safe, and it's going to be tough for you, probably, and it's going to be tougher for Brittany, because I think just, like, biologically, women, it makes sense. when Check they hear out. a baby cry, when they hear a baby cry, it just fires off their hormones, and they just go into it. Anyways, um, 
um, we, we, it got so bad that someone actually for Emmett recommended a sleep consultant. It was this woman who has her business was helping people sleep train. Uh, it was so it it was both worth it and a waste of money <laughs> because looking back on it, she didn't tell us any. It was kind of expensive and she really didn't tell us much. Um, I definitely remember a lot of times I would ask her questions and then she would just kind of go off talking about other things and she wouldn't. Mm-hmm. But she did in the end, she did give us she what was worth it, I guess, was she kind of gave us confidence in that we were doing the right things. She yeah. didn't tell us anything crazy. It was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. And here's the thing is that the, she came to the house. She gave us a strategy. She wrote down a bunch of stuff. And then that night, we put Emmett down in the crib, and um, he cried, and then he fell asleep, and he slept through the night that night. Uh, so like I said, both kind of worth it, but also like um, this is kind of a waste of our time and money yeah but i think what she gave us is this is a big another uh another little tip it's just confidence like your baby can 100 tell when you're calm and collected yeah so if you're if you have a confidence in something that you know something's going to work if you're staying calm when you're ba- bouncing your baby trying to get them to sleep that you'll just be way better off so i think just knowing that okay this is how we're supposed to do sleep training i think that was huge because it yeah. you know like you said he slept through the night that full night so uh, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not there yet. Eloise has been better at sleeping already, um, way better. And I think it is one. Maybe she's just you know she likes being a baby a little more. And two, we're just more confident when we know what we're doing. So yeah, you don't you uh, don't have a favorite baby, but Eloise is your favorite. But you don't have a favorite baby. Well, and it's not a baby, so yeah, I can say I have a favorite baby, and it's a toddler. <laughs> which you know we're gonna be talking about next episode. I believe is the next episode toddler phase. Uh, either next episode or maybe the next step. We may have a special guest next episode, Bill. We'll uh, we've been working, we've been working, we've been scheduling, working on some scheduling things. So, Bill, I mean, really, if you have any more questions surrounding newborns, anything, next episode may just be a bit of a grab bag. But if you do have yeah. toddler phase questions, fire them away. Uh, I have a toddler. Eddie has a toddler. Um, so that might be a, a, a good next episode. So. Do you have any final thoughts on newborns? Any final tips? Nope. I like to think about uh, confidence. Important to yeah. be confident. You got this, bro. You got yeah. this. Uh, and then mm-hmm. also, this is a really, this is a time in which I know we're giving you dad advice, uh, <laughs> but it's super important. One thing I found with people that gave me advice is that they thought their experience was the experience. Whereas it if it works for their kid, it must work for every kid. So I, I hope I, my, every time I tell you about something that works with my kids, give it a try, but it may not work, Bill, because your, your kid's going to be different. Every kid's different. Your kid may be perfect. Your kid may sleep. Your kid may, who knows? But uh, yeah, just, uh, I, I found everyone that would give us tips. Like, yeah, you got to do this. Oh, you're, put, put them in the car, drive them around, he'll fall asleep yeah. instantly. And no, yeah. Emmett didn't do that. Emmett would just scream. So, um, yeah, just be confident and your kid will be fine. You're doing, hey, Bill, you're doing great. If you're listening to this, Bill, um, maybe you're, maybe this is the second time you're listening to this. You maybe yeah. you're, because right now your baby's not due for a couple months, but maybe you're, you're circling back to the special newborn episode because you have a newborn. Yeah. If you're listening to this time. for a second time, Bill, you're doing great. I'm proud of you, bud. Uh, we're proud of you, bud.
we're, yeah, yeah, we're you're proud of you. Yeah, yeah, I'm more proud no, of you. No, but I'm but I'm more proud of you. No, but I'm more proud of you. That's a good point. Rita's more proud of you. Okay. All right. Well, that'll do it for You Are the Father, episode three. Um, Bill, great job. Uh, maybe think about if, you know, if this advice was like, you know, more than 99 cents a month of worth of advice, think about upgrading your membership. I don't I mean, no pressure, Bill, but you are literally would, keeping us afloat. Huh? We'd, a, we'd ask you to actually just share it with uh, your friends just so that they okay. can also uh, subscribe. Yeah. But, and by Yes, yeah, by share it with friends, not the link to the podcast. I'm talking the link to the donate page. So just like yeah. send, con, no context, um, just fired off. And I would love to see that. Right. I want to see the viewership per episode stick at one, one. But the, you know, I would love to. I would love to start making some money off of this because we call it know, uh, uh, average revenue so, per bill. It's A R P B yeah. average revenue yeah. per bill. They usually yeah, call yeah. average revenue per user, but we want ARPB. ARPU. Average revenue per yeah, bill. I want that. Well, the ARPU. <laughs> I'm not talking ARPU here. We're talking ARPU. Anyways, on that note, Bill, thanks again. Eddie, good job being a dad. We're out. Bye. Yeah, bye. Dads.